0: All right, cool. Uh, I was at Melbourne with my sons for a youth slash young adults conference that my daughter Faith was running, and, um, which is an exceptional in itself because they had, a, a, I think, over 100 or close to 100 kids and with COVID and stuff. And one of the speakers was trying to find out where everyone came from And what was really wonderful about it, people were from Mildura. There was 20-odd guys from Mildura, people from Stahl, people from Bendigo, people from... Like, if you're talking regional Vic, there was just people from, you know, youth and young adults from everywhere. And I just think that was a testimony in itself. When I was looking at her worship team... um, uh, she had a couple friends of ours, Ryan and Michelle Black from Shepherd, and they were leading. And then everybody else was from a different church. It was just so, so, so good. And it was a lovely atmosphere in the place. So um, I don't know how bored the boys got. I really actually enjoyed the time that I was there, enjoyed the food, um, and enjoyed the speakers. So one of my awesome analogies today or examples that I'm going to use, of have from one of the speakers. So I'll cut that out of whatever we're streaming and I'll, I won't give him any credit. You'll just think, that's awesome. <laughs> but it's not mine. Don't ask Imogen, she'll tell you who it was from. Um, oh, anyway, I was really excited last week because during the worship last week and I'm checking time because we don't have a clock up there and I don't want anyone to get too cold. Though we've got a heater going so we'll see how we go with power. They're both going, awesome, that's cool. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. God is real. Yeah. Relax. It's just a heater. <laughs> so last week during worship, Esther got up and shared and very quite emotionally because, you know, she's had problems with her shoulder that she's had different work on and stuff. And she in the morning, and particularly in cold weather, can't she can't move it. Just can't. She gets it to about their max and that's painful. But during worship, she wanted to really lift her hands and she said, I just said to the Lord, I really want to lift my hands in worship. And she goes and she lifted her hand and she was here, she was crying. She goes, and I can lift my arm. You know, God can do the miraculous. He can do it through us. He can do it in us. He can do it amongst us. You know, there are times that he doesn't even, you know, believe it or not, doesn't even need us you know he can just do it so I, I just want to piggyback off that to say God can do something he can release lives he can free people he can break bondages he can do stuff even when we feel we're we're stuck because where I want to go today is the fact that sometimes in life where we're on a journey we know where we're headed but we never seem to get there we've got this picture of the glory land of the promised land of all that we can be in God but some somehow we've fallen short or stopped short. And so let's, let's talk about some of that today. Is that all right? So we don't have it on the screen. So if you've got your Bibles turned to it, if your phone's still connected to the internet, Genesis chapter 11, we're going to read from verse 27 to 32. There's a couple of longer scriptures, but just so that I, we can talk it through as we go along. So Genesis 11, verse 27 reads, This is the account of Terah's family line, or Terah. Terah became the father of Abram, Nahor, and Haran. And Haran became the father of Lot. Names are really important in the Bible. Names of locations are really important in the Bible. Often they are named a particular thing because it defines a character or a location, something about it that's really important. It's not just like being an Andrew or a Barry. It's not like that. There's really deep meaning. So, and Haran became the father of Lot. While his father Terah was still alive, Haran died in Ur U R of the Chaldeans in the land of his birth. Abraham and Nahor both married. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife was Milcah. She was the daughter of Haran, the father of both Milcah and Iscah. Now Sarai was childless because she was not able to conceive. Footnote, praise God, i got an Australian English name. Amen. Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, the wife of his son Abram, and together they set out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. But when they came to Haran, Haran, they settled there. Terah lived 205 years and he actually died in Haran. This is all really important because Abraham receives a promise that he's going to be the father of many nations, yeah. When he's still Abram, it reads in Acts chapter 7 verses 2 to 4, to this he replied, brothers and fathers, listen to me. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham while he was still in Mesopotamia before he lived in Haran, yeah. So before they made it to Haran, leave your country and your people God said and go to the land I'll show you so he left the land of the Chaldeans and settled in Haran and after the death of his father God sent him to this land where you and I are now living so what we actually see is Terah the father of Abraham Abraham's received the promise he's the one that gets the promise and then his father sets out with his family from the land of Ur you are of the Chaldeans heading for the land of Canaan that's where he's heading but he never got there it would be like you and I deciding to go to Melbourne today, but we make it to Melton and we stop there. I, I know there's an M-E-L in both, but it's not Melbourne, yeah? We, we didn't get there. So he sits his sights on Canaan, but something happens along the way that stops him from making it, and instead he ends up settling in the land of Haran, or Haran, however you want to pronounce it. And we know that's where he died because the Scripture in Genesis tells us that's where Terah the father died, right? So go with me here. Ur, Ur of the Chaldeans, you are. It actually means light, to become light, to give light. It also means flame. So this is what I want to suggest. That's where they were. That's where they were heading out from. Yeah. You and I have a starting point of faith, a light, a flame. Yeah, We have to fan into flame. There's a starting point, something within us. Almost like that was a starting point for where they were heading. Our faith began somewhere. Light illuminated somewhere. The flame began to burn somewhere in our lives, yeah? Now we have dreams, we've got God-given dreams, all sorts of dreams. I think they're the starting point. Dreams of an awesome relationship with God. Dreams of a successful business. Dreams of the, 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 the best relationship, marriage you're ever going to have. Dreams that you and your family are going to be blessed financially. Dreams that your kids are going to be well-behaved 24-7 all the time. <laughs> ah, dreams. Dreams, dreams, dreams. Some of them are actually, con- they, they feel real. <laughs> dreams of graduating with honours, you know, dreams of seeing people healed as you pray for them. Because there's nothing more frustrating as a believer than when you pray for someone and they walk away unhealed. You know, you get really unhealed? Did, did the pain shift a little bit? Nothing? Let me pray again, you know. But when you finally pray for someone, they go, it's. It's actually I can move really come back here. Let me pray again. Let's 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 see this thing, you know, like when you pray for someone you want to see them healed. Is that all right? Yeah. yeah. It's nothing about us, it's nothing about them. It's not a lack of faith. It's just the way things pan out sometimes. I don't think we'll ever get answers, but we have these dreams, God-given dreams. Yet if I go back to the land of of the Chaldeans, the meaning of it, I think God actually calls us all to be a light. We're called to be a light to one another. We're we're called to be the light of the world. And God's desire for us is to give light. You know, Matthew 5, verse 14 says, You are the light of the world. A city on a hilltop that can't be hidden. 1 Thessalonians says, For you are children of the light and of the day. We don't belong to the darkness. So if er means light, it also means flame. Inside of us there's something that God wants us to get out. He wants us... To be able to share it, he wants us to get to a finish point. He wants us to get somewhere where people can experience these gifts that are inside of us that we're supposed to, as Second Timothy suggests, that we're supposed to fan into flame. So that's our starting point. God says, "I've got a plan and a purpose for you. Let your light shine. You know, make sure your flame's burning." Uh, I, I don't have a wood fire at home anymore. Thank you, Jesus. I've got a switch on the wall. But the thing that I hated, and particularly when we first moved to Ballarat and moved into our house at Mount Clear, I would get up because I worked out that the fire went out between 6 and 6.30 nearly every day, no matter how I stoked it. So I would get up at 5.30 to get extra wood in there so that it would keep burning because it was easier to do that than to actually get it started from scratch after it had gone cold because I'd slept through, yeah? Yeah. We're supposed to keep this fan burning in us. It's much easier keeping it alive than trying to stoke it later, just as a side point. So it's interesting to me that we have these promises that we need to get to, work through, show people, stuff that's in our lives. And we've got this example of this whole family, and they're on this journey to a promised land, a promise that God gives them, and they stop in the place called Haran. They actually stopped there. And it was only supposed to be a quick stop. You know, it's like driving to Birchip. You don't go there to live. You go there for the vanilla slices and then keep going, yeah? Yeah. Like, there are just particular things and locations you're not supposed to stop. It's a quick stop. Haran was supposed to be a quick stop, a refuel. But for some reason, and reasons we don't know, Ra, the father of Abraham, he decides to settle there. So here they are, they've received the word from God, they're heading to the promised land, the land of promise, it's supposed to be you know, flowing with milk and honey, the land that God was taking them to, and yet they make a stop and they stop short. And worse still, he died there, means he settled there, before the promise, before the place that God had for him. I'm just watching that mic roll. I might give that to you, Mel. Sorry. (laughs) I forgot to buy bottles of water, so I have my Batman bottle. I keep telling my daughter, Brooke, that um, I want my grandson, Ben, to call me Batman. And they're, they're not liking that at all. Anyway, I don't know why. Haran also means parched. It means parched. It means thirsty. Extremely, excessively, completely dry. Yeah? So they stop in this place, go with me, that is dry. They, they stop in a place that's so dry, if you had a womb that was dry, you would consider it barren. Yeah? So barren that their promise becomes a fading memory. They stop in a place that's so hot and barren that they're thirsty. Thirsty for what? Thirsty for God because they've stopped in a place God's told them to go that way. Keep going. There's the land and they've stopped here. They become thirsty for him, for the things of God, for the promises of God. You know, I want to suggest they stayed there longer than they were supposed to. And not only was it extremely and excessively dry in Haran and not only were they parched physically, it says that if you if you do a little bit of a study on Haran, it 's also excessively and extremely dry spiritually, yeah so here they are in a place they 're not supposed to be yet they 're supposed to pass through that's physically because I, th- I actually believe that the physical often represents the spiritual and vice versa when you when you start to to, to live in both worlds which we do yeah so they 're supposed to walk and pass through this place that 's exceptionally barren and dry and parched. And now they're becoming and becoming that way spiritually and they end up settling there. Abram started the journey with his dad to the promised land from Ur of the Chaldeans. They were travelling to the promised land, supposed to be flowing with milk and honey, yet they end up in this place where they're physically and spiritually um, parched. What's really sad is when you have a look at Abram's dad's name, Terah, Terah means delay. They're on their way of, to where they're supposed to go—Abram's promise of the Promised Land. They get to a place that's dry, that's parched, yeah, that's barren. And terah—that means delayed—for some reason, their whole journey gets delayed in that place that's parched. You know, it's too much of a coincidence for me that these names and these meanings are so. Brilliantly intertwined by our God when he writes this stuff to give us insight and a heads up. Five years they lived and breathed in a parched, dry, barren land. Five years their thirst was building up. Five years. And I don't know how long it's been for some of us, but for some of us, we've been stuck at the halfway point. On the way to our promised land, to the promises, the things that God has for us, we we somehow have gotten stuck in Haran, delayed there, almost settling there, thinking that we're never going to see some of these promises come to pass. We're never going to see that light that's within us, that flame that began burning. We're never going to see it come to its full fruition. Now, you never speak it. If you're a parent or a grandparent, you never share that with your children because you're always building up faith, you're always talking up God, but deep down inside there are these dreams that now feel like they're barren, they're dry. Then It is what it is. I'll just leave that alone. But kids, keep believing in God. He's got a promise and destiny for you. You know, the bottom line is they set out to go to one place but instead end up settling for another. They set out for a specific destination and they end up settling something short, really short. And I can't help but wonder, as I talk to people, look at my own life, how often this story reflects our own story. You know, that we just haven't made it to where... We thought God was taking us. We've never fulfilled the, the dreams that God has placed in our hearts. We you know, we still have faith, but it just feels like we're settling for something. Yeah. Now, how long have some of us settled in Haran for? Stopped halfway between the place where we started and the promised land? How long? How many of us have set out to go to one place and yet now, looking back on our lives, realise that we've actually, where we're at right now, we've settled? Or maybe you're in the midst of settling, who knows? How many of us have settled for something short of the promised land? You know, some of us have set set out to fulfil a calling of God on our lives, but we end up in a job and it just becomes work and not a calling and we wonder why we're never happy there. You know, some of us have set out to have the best marriage, those dreams, but have somehow settled for just living with the same person over many years in the same house. Yeah. Settled. Some of us have set out to be parents, but instead we end up being the micromanaging police. <laughs> We've settled somewhere, that's easy. Some of us have set out for the land of intimacy, but instead we've settled in a land of isolation and being alone and keeping secret secrets. Now, many of us have set out for a land of healing and wholeness, but find it easier to live in a land of sickness and depression and blame and finger pointing. And we're thirsty. You know, how many of us have started journeying towards a land of plenty but instead have settled for a land of scarcity and lack? Did you know that Haran also means mountainous, mountainous? Let me get the word right, mountainous. Thank you, mountainous. It's the lack of power coming from the front. That's why otherwise I would have pronounced it properly for sure. And when I think of mountains, I actually think of ups and downs, peaks and troughs, you know, generally. Apart from one beautiful mountain, and I'm just trying to think which way you've got to drive. It's this beautiful, perfectly shaped hill, almost like someone. God went over it with a, like a, a super giant hedge trimmer. It's just perfect. But otherwise, as you get close to most mountains, they, you know, they stagger. It's all ups and downs. And I'm not surprised in life if we have ups and downs. If we have rocky roads, it can be mountainous. It can be tough. But Haran, that mountainous place, yeah. It's just a passing place. We're not supposed to stop there. It's where we drive by. It's where we stop in. It's where we get that vanilla slice. It's where we get a few Z's before we have to drive off again. We're not supposed to stop in Haran. You know, Terah set out for Canaan. Abram's father set out for Canaan, the land of promise. But instead he settled for Haran and he died there. I don't want to die halfway to God's plan and purpose and promise for my life. He settled for a place that was dry, a place that swallowed his dreams. A place that left him thirsty. I can't help but wonder if anyone here is stuck in Haran. You know? He should have kept going to the promised land. He, he, he should have kept moving. It's so easy to become distracted. It's so easy to stop and get stuck. I was reading a book the other day that actually says that the whole idea of the internet and phones and apps, and there are good things about all of that, but the main idea about those who developed those was to create a distraction from the distractions of life. So not even to distract you from life, but to distract you from the distractions of life. And if they can do that, they've got you hooked. Samuel, put your phone down. Oh, my goodness. It's like asking him to stop breathing. So easy to become distracted. And before we know it, we realise that we've not made it to the place that we'd hoped for that God had intended for us. And, And with that reality comes grief and guilt and shame and bitterness and despair and you're just frustrated. It's easy to turn our stopover, our tent resting place. Because that's all Haran's meant to be, into a permanent residence. And that highway that's supposed to go through Burship <laughs> becomes a place of habitation, you know. You know, Terah somehow got stopped in Haran. He settled for it. And the text tells us he died there, but we don't have to die in her arm. We don't have to die halfway there. That's the beauty of our God, yeah? yeah. He, he's the God, not just of the second chance. He's the God of the second chances of the second chances that give second chances, yeah? yeah. And think of it like this. We have a God's plan. Think of, no, no, better. God's plan, Jesus Easter, Good Friday, resurrection. So here's the plan. He's going to send his son. He's going to bring us all into into right relationship with him so that we can walk and talk with God. So Jesus, I'm going to get you to die on the cross. And then on the third day, I'm going to make sure that you rise again. Cool, that's the plan. Imagine if Jesus died, uh, died on Friday and decided that was enough and stayed there. Or if he enjoyed Saturday hanging out in the tomb. And go, I don't want to go out there. It's too bright. It's too much light. Keep the stone rolled across the entrance. Imagine if Jesus himself decided to stay and settle in Haran. Imagine. In a dry, parched, rocky place. Yeah, Our thirst for him would never have been quenched if that's where... He had stopped but somehow jesus gets through friday he hits saturday and saturday is certainly the haran it's the halfway point it's the waiting place and for you and i the waiting place can sometimes be harder than the pain and heartache itself because we finally make peace with the pain and heartache what we're suffering what we're going through what's coming our way all that sort of stuff but now we're waiting for god's answer we're waiting 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 for Bound cord to turn the lights back on. Waiting. Is it going to come? Is it going to come? Is it going to come? The waiting sometimes the hardest. So we settle. We so easily settle in that place. Think. Okay, this is what it is. I'll live with this. But it doesn't have to be. Sunday has to come after Saturday resurrection has to come after the waiting the waiting has to come after the pain and the death now you and i can't experience our promised land without a friday and saturday but we're not supposed to stay there you know sometimes i think we can lose sight of how we even fulfill god's promises or get to the promises that he has for us it's so easily to get lost in life but seriously, today let's declare together today that even if we're stuck, we can get back on the road. Even if we begin to settle, we can actually get moving back towards our promised land because there's hope. You know, I was reading Psalm 46, and God spoke to me about Haran, about being stuck there and trying to get out of there, moving to our promised land. Psalm 46 says this: God is our refuge and strength. An ever present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her, she will not fall. God will help her at a break of day. Nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice, the earth melts. What I love as you read this, he's in all of the rubbish, the stuff. Everywhere, as the waters are roaming, roaring, foaming, mountains are quaking. He's there, right? In it all. Verse 7 says, The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he's brought to the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. And verse 10, everybody knows... Because as soon as I read it, you'll say, yes, I know that. He says, be still and know that I am God and I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The brilliance, what's really exciting about this passage of scripture is right at the beginning, it says, God's our refuge, our strength, our ever-present help in times of trouble. The word for ever-present in the Hebrew actually also means to be found. So he's our ever-present help in times of trouble. He's our to-be-found God in times of trouble. He's our God that is found when we're in times of trouble. I can't find God. Well, don't worry, your trouble's coming. You'll find him there if you follow the formula. Seriously. Because in our good times, sometimes we don't look for God in that. So what type of trouble? The scripture goes, the earth gives way, the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, the waters roar and foam, the mountains quake. You know, I I want to suggest when life feels like it's totally out of control, it's probably a place of trouble. And it's different for every one of us. If you've got a, a, a newborn child that wakes, my daughter was in heaven Ben was sleeping five hours from the minute he got home. One week in, he gets up every two hours. You know, she's got bags under her eyes. She's doing really well. Yeah, but sometimes in that, when you're in that long enough, life feels out of control. When will it go back to normal? When will I sleep again? Anyone? My wife's like that. When will you stop snoring? When will I sleep again? Life's out of control, separate bedrooms. Thanks for that, Christine. Let's strike if we're in the in, in the court of law, the judge would say, No, strike that last common jurors. You're not supposed you're not supposed to take that in at all. Don't listen to that, Mel. That was that was fallacy, I don't know what that was. <laughs> You know, when it feels like things are falling apart, our thoughts, we get negative, anxious, we're suffering depression, because listen to me, we all do. doesn't mean that, that you, you constantly medically need medication for your depression, but we all, I'm telling you, all have moments when we're depressed. We're that morning, you know, that one morning where I'm just going to stay in my PJs. Uh, you only eat if someone cooks it for you or if there's leftovers to microwave. I'm just, that's the level of energy I've got. We all live there sometimes. It's life. Unfortunately for us all. You know, maybe life's out of control because your family, your marriage isn't what it should be. Your children aren't where you'd hope they'd be. Who knows? You thought you'd be successful. You're not. Who knows? I don't know what it is. You thought you'd drive a Mercedes and you're driving a Toyota. You thought you'd have a car with power windows and you still have to wind them up. Poor Holden Rodeo. (laughs) Whatever the trouble is, he's our ever-present help. He's the God to be found. Yeah. As you read that whole psalm, it gets to that brilliant verse, verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. Here's the revelation. Be still and know comes after all the trouble. It's not be still and know that I'm God, then you go through all this trouble and I've got the the energy that I need. It's all the trouble, be still and know that I am God. It comes after the trouble so let me explain it this way when, when we're in Haran in that dry, hot, barren, thirsty place we're not in our promised land we're not where God wants us to be and we're caught in life's mountainous journeys and we all try to work it out ourselves we do but when we try to make things happen we actually don't get out of trouble we don't have the capacity to be able to do it it actually probably just gives us heartache You know, we don't want to feel like things are falling apart so we try and we try and we try and we try But as I read the psalm, the only thing that we can do is be still and know after the trouble. There's no trying in be still and know. It's a choice. As I heard David McHugh share on the weekend, he said, it's like this. Most people looking across, awesome. It was different for him. Everyone remembers what a Polaroid is, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, and you can still buy them now, by the way, in different sizes and, and stuff. What happens when I shake a Polaroid? It develops, it, it comes clear, sharp, in focus. Yeah, who, who ever had or had for their kids an etcher sketch? What happens when you shake a an etcher sketch? It clears. You know, the choice that we have in life be still and know that I'm God in trouble. You can allow that trouble to totally, as your life's been shaken, you can totally allow it to bring into focus God and who He is and what He's doing in your life. Or you can allow it to t- completely clear and wipe away who He is and live in that trouble and get stuck there in the haran and settled because you've allowed the mountainous troubles of life to totally wipe who God is. Be still and know, comes after the trouble. You know, Shadrach, Meshach and Bulbar were thrown into the fire. Their fire was their Haran, you know. They weren't supposed to be in the fire, but that was their Haran. It wasn't a place that they were supposed to settle in, you know. They were sort of passing through. and They get thrown into the fire. But I want to suggest that was an excessively and extremely dry place, yeah, that fire. It said that even the guard that threw them in went up in flames. That's a great fire. No good for toast or marshmallows, yeah, but good for burning people alive. I want to suggest that if you and I, if we're in a fire, then we would be thirsty. We would be trying to get out, but they were never delivered from the fire. They were never delivered from their trouble. They had to go through it, and in that place of fire, they discovered the ever-present God, the God to be found in the fire. Like I love that. What peace they must have had to allow that shaking to focus and sharpen the image of God in their life. You know, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego didn't get through, get through it on their own, through the Haran on their own. They didn't try to smuggle in buckets of water before they were thrown in. They had to truly believe and trust in God. And I just think sometimes in life, you and I have to truly believe that he's God. And we've just got to trust him, don't we? Like we just, even when the wheels are falling off our cars, we just have to trust him. You've got to hear me. We just have to trust him. Because he promises a life and a life abundant. He doesn't promise a life abundant away from trials, tribulations, mountainous, dry, parched places. He doesn't tell us that all of that stuff will magically go away, that the fires of life will now be gone. You're a Christian and you're living in heaven on earth. Wake up. You're smelling the wrong roses. Start smelling the coffee and get real. Life's tough sometimes. And stuff comes our way. But in the midst of that trouble, he is the ever-present God, the God to be found. And we've got to allow that shaking, yeah? We've got to allow that shaking to actually bring us to a place that once we're through it, we're more mature, we have a better picture of who God is, we're more focused than ever before, we actually know who we are. So when people come to you and go, how did you get through that? was it wasn't me. I knew he was God. I was at my wits end. I chose to trust him. It took more time than I imagined. But he came through. And now it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what comes my way. I just know he can. And he does. And he will. You know, I was sharing with Sally. I was speaking to a pastor a couple of weeks ago. And... Uh, they're a larger church. They've had some people that have left and they were just sharing that. And they were totally at peace. Oh, look, you know, with their offering, weekly, we probably, uh, monthly, we lose about $25,000, $30,000 a month at the moment. And I'm like, <sighs> <laughs> Like, I'm having a nervous breakdown when we're $200 down after a month. Oh, my goodness, what are we going to do? Where are we going to find that $200? Who can I ring that can give us that money? Right, I'm I'm devastated. But I love the words. Even if we lost $30,000 every month for the next two years, we'll still be okay. I just go, how, how can you? I don't even understand that. You're going to love the words. You grow into it. You just learn to trust him. I don't know what your problems are. I, don't know. I know what mine are, and half the time I don't. Mel has to tell me what they are. All <laughs> right. It's not that funny, come on. (laughs) But I know this, if I allow it like a Polaroid to bring Jesus into focus, I know that regardless of what we go through, regardless of what the trouble is, I know that he's got it because finally I can be still and know that he is God in that trouble. I don't have to stay in Haran. I don't have to stay thinking I am never going to see the promise that God gave me. You know what? No. We can get back in the car. We can keep driving. Thanks for the vanilla slices. Let's keep, keep heading for Canaan. Let's keep seeing what God has in store. Whatever comes my way, I'm just going to be still and know that he is God. Why don't we just stand for a minute? You know, there's... There's not a lot of difference from stopping in a place and being stuck there unless you're moving out of it. Because we all get stopped from time to time in life. In fact, we all get stuck from time to time. Just because we're, we've stopped or stu- stuck doesn't mean that we need to spend the rest of our lives there. We don't have to be Torah and die in Haran. Being stopped is an inconvenience. Being stuck from time to time is a fact of life. But if we allow ourselves to remain there, that's where... That's where we start to lose the battle because that's when we allow the, I guess, the struggles to become an etch-a-sketch and we lose focus on God. And when we're stuck too long, no one likes being in that place. You're lonely, you're depressed, you're frustrated. You begin to believe that you're too messed up and that what you're experiencing in your life is all that God has for you. But that's a lie. God has a Canaan a promised land, a promise, a destiny for each and every one of us. It just doesn't come where it's like walking across the road. Sometimes there are some obstacles in the way that we've got to trust him through. So church, just with every eye closed, just for a moment, whoever you are, whatever you're going through, Make up your mind that you're not going, you know, it's time to make up your mind that you are actually going to make it to the promises that God has spoken over your life. It's not over, Rex Hunt used to say, <laughs> till a fat lady sings. I don't hear those words, it's over, spoken over anyone's life by my God. My God doesn't speak those words. Don't focus on what you think you've missed, but just decide that no matter what comes our way, that we'll make a choice to be Polaroids, yeah? Yeah. Let the troubles and trials of our life actually bring Father into focus. So when we're travelling through our Haran, we'll know, we'll know when you're in it. You'll know when you're halfway there because you'll be really thirsty for more of Him. And you're feeling spiritually parched. Don't strive. You don't have to do more. <laughs> you just need to be still and know more. Be still and know more that He is God. Be still and know more that he's capable. Be still and know more that he's got you. Be still and know that he's never left you or forsaken you. Be still and know that he lives within you. Be still and know that he is the very breath and air that you breathe. Be still and know and he comes more and more and more into focus. And then from that place, when you've got the courage to be still and to know in the midst of your trouble, then you'll see what God can do and can do for you. So I want to pray for people today. Is that all right? So, actually, Andrew, can we have keys? Do we still have power for keys? Yeah, just some keys. I just think this is a real moment for some. And I'm just going to ask people, even as the, the keys play, um, I think glorious, I like the, the melody, glorious. Just while he's playing, don't worry about the person next to you. Don't even worry about the frostbite on the ends of your fingers at the moment. Um, don't worry about the person next to you. But if you know in your heart of hearts that you've felt like in life, that you've, you've settled, you've stopped, you've not gotten to the promises that God has set for you there was a picture and a place that you knew god had in store for you that's not gone away god's not now nor will he ever be an indian giver he doesn't promise you something or give you something and then rip it away from you he just needs you to focus on him and the more we focus and trust him the closer we get to the promises for us that he has for us so if that's you today, if you feel like you've settled in Haran, I'm just going to ask you to, to show show by a show of hands without worrying about the person next to you. So that I, I want to know, I'd like to know who I'm praying not for but with. Because you are not the only person that gets caught in Haran at the midway port. Many of us have been caught there and will be caught there again. So if that's you today and you'd love prayer, You want us just to pray together as a family. Can I just see a show of hands if that's you? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So together, church, if you're standing there, just raise your hands towards heaven and let's pray. Let's pray that we would see not just a breakthrough, but a a, a momentum gathering breakthrough that breaks us and propels us and pushes us into all that God has in store for us. So that, that light will shine like it's meant to shine. So that flame will burn the way it's meant to burn, the way God had destined it to burn so father this day god you know every heart in this place god you know every hand that was raised god you know those that that father raised the little secret hands god i've done that i still do it in some places god but you know the hearts father none of us want to be caught short of our promises. None of us want to be got short of the promises that you have for us. God, we want to see, Lord, those, those promises fulfilled in our lives, those dreams that you gave us, God, that seem to have been wiped away like the shaking of an etch sketch God. Lord, we just want to see you in full focus, that we would be reminded and have courage to be still and know in our troubles that we are on the way to our Canaan, to our promised land. Lord, we don't want to settle in Haran. Lord, we don't want to die there like Abram's father. Lord, we want to leave a legacy for our children and our children's children and their children's children that they know that we left a place where you had planted a seed. Lord, this is for someone now. Lord, where you had planted a seed. Lord, that they would know that, Father, we haven't stopped short. Lord, Lord, it's not fear that's gripped us or stopped us. Father, not even life circumstances can rob us. But Lord, we're going to make it all the way, God, to the land of Canaan that you have in store for us. Lord, that they would look to that, that our children will look to that and receive a legacy of faith, a legacy of hope. So Father right now I pray that Holy Spirit that you would touch each and every person, God, that needs your strength. Each and every person that needs to hear your voice. Father, each and every person that needs you to fan into flame that flame that's within them. Father, some flames are so small, God, waving some air is not going to be enough, God. Lord, we want you, Holy Spirit, to flow to throw logs of Lord logs into that fire that that flame would roar that that faith would rise up. Lord, I pray, God, that people in this place would become spiritual nuts. God, that they pray for everybody and anything. God, a broken leg, God, to to an infectious ear. Father, to a broken nail, Lord, that they would know, that they know, that they know no matter the trouble, that you are the God to be found. Impart your peace, Father. Impart your presence. Impart your strength and your courage more than anything, Lord God, Holy Spirit, I ask that as we go through life's troubles, as our lives are shaken, that God, you would become more and more in focus. That the picture of your son, Jesus, would be so sharp. That, Father, no matter what we go through, Lord, as we close our eyes, Lord, it would be like a Polaroid photo, Lord, that we pull out of our pocket that in those moments we would just stop and look to you. And everything, God, everything as we look into your eyes, Lord, I know will be okay. Thank you for the work that you've begun today. I thank you for the work that you're going to complete in our lives as we give you all the glory. All the glory. All the glory. Would it be too hard, Ross, to sing glorious? Would that work? for the band to come up I want us to finish as we sing this song but I want you to focus on the words glorious glorious we cast down our crowns before you glorious glorious